BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Whoa, whoa, whoa. We got to get these doggies. They're out of the pen. We got to get them back in the in pen. In the pen, in sure. In the pen. We got to get them over to the last podcast network, Country Jamboree, June 18th, 2022, at the Ryman Auditorium in Nashville, Tennessee. Come and check out all the shows that you love on the last podcast network. We'll be in front of you in our meat space, and we cannot wait to entertain you and have a great time. But for those of you that can't come in person, Go to momenthouse.com slash LPOTL and buy your live stream ticket. Yes, yes, you too can watch us perform our jangly country jamboree from the nudity of your couch. Absolutely fantastic. I hope you guys enjoy the show. Thank you so much for your support. And we are so excited to be at the OG Grand Old Opry. Yeah! Hail yourselves! Let the word go forth. Fool me once. Are you fired up? If I'm not a crook. Are you ready to go? Shame on, shame on you. It's Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, hosted by Ben Kissel. Boom, you can't get fooled again. Hey, what's up, everyone? How you doing? Ben Kissel here, hanging out with Fernando. Hi, Ben. And Travis Irvine. Hi, Ben. Thank you all so much for listening. We hope you're doing well out there. In these trying times, we'll continue to get through them together. We have a great episode for you today. The Libertarian Party, the Trump wing of the Republican Party, mm, their tummies are full because they're eating themselves. Oh, we no. have a great clip we're about to play of a proud boy getting kicked out of a Trump rally because, believe it or not, despite the fact Donald Trump relied heavily on them to potentially win re-election, he's throwing them away like a jizz rag. So we'll talk about <laughs> that. Also, Travis Irvine went to the Libertarian Party convention this past weekend in beautiful, sunny Las Vegas. Reno. Reno. <laughs> I apologize. That's much That's more much appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. So he's going to fill us in a little bit on what's going on with the Libertarian Party for better or for much, much worse. Plus, we'll discuss Supreme Court. Not just in the context of Roe v. Wade, which obviously we've been discussing ad nauseum on this show, as it should be discussed. They continue to act horrendously when it comes to criminal justice reform and also when it comes to gerrymandering and redistricting. It almost seems as if they don't want the franchise to be given Uh. to every single American. But first, let's play this clip of a proud boy. And I don't know why they're proud, because everyone thinks they're cucks. And there's nothing wrong with that (laughs) in many ways. Unless, of course, you're a cuck wearing a Don't Tread on Me shirt with a picture of Richard Nixon uh, blowing Donald Trump behind you. All right. So let's play this clip. And I just find the irony to be too much to handle. Right now, that Proud Boys are not allowed at this Trump event. I'm telling you right now, any sort of Proud Boys or QAnon insignia has to go. I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave. But we were invited. We were invited to be here. I'm going to walk out. They probably didn't tell you to wear Proud Boys stuff. We were start walking out towards the doors, okay? So why, why, why do I have to walk? Why do I have to walk? Because the front doors are this direction. Wow. No, I mean, like, why, why do Proud Boys have to walk? Well, it's because you can't have any uh-huh. logos or insignia okay. for this event. And the people hosting this event have You're kidding me, right? Because the, the Trump campaign gave us the tickets. You can turn your shirt inside out, or you can purchase another shirt. This is really happening. Or you can leave. Okay, okay. So, (laughs) can I ask why Proud Boys aren't allowed here? It's the logo, it's the shirt. And I don't make the rules. Sorry. But we're, we're... 
Is there is there a reason why Proud Boys aren't allowed here? It's a private event. They made the rules, man. That's all. That's all that easy. But the, the actual campaign themselves gave us VIP tickets. So why is it? Why can't? <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, we're just going, we're just going it's in circles here, buddy. Question being asked over uh, and over. Also, it's a uh, you know. Something to do with the invasion of the U.S. Capitol mm. during the free mm. exchange of power. Something to do with that, perhaps. And, of course, the Proud Boys never forget how lame and pathetic they are. What started out as a joke definitely got out of mm. hand because that was what they were supposed to be. And then, believe it or not, a bunch of morons went way too far. I'm used to them doing stuff like this. You know, they they're eating itself. The NRA doesn't allow guns at their conventions. Right, right. They, so, so I have a question for you. Like, do you, how how far do you think they drove? And do you think that's why he was upset? And if oh, it yeah. were you, would you have bought a shirt, put it on, and just gone to the event? Oh my gosh! Anytime I go into a sporting event and I have a big political sign that I know I'm not allowed to have there, and then they tell me at the door, "Hey, you can't bring that giant political sign in here." I'm like, "Okay," and I go put it in my car because I still want to go to the sporting event. <laughs> WWE professional wrestling. <laughs> if you have a sign that says "CM Punk was right" or something that says AEW, <laughs> they take it away from you. They do. This is a private event. It is the, within their rights to do so. The irony here is obviously. The prime, this is the prime example of why Donald Trump Jr. is the way he is. Because if you hear the way the Proud Boy was talking, he just became Trump's son, who yeah. was disillusioned by his father, who he thought loved him so much, until he showed up wearing a dumb fucking shirt, and then he was told to get out! Right, right. This is the equivalent of... Uh, Don Jr. coming back and finding a Kimberly Guilfoyle in bed with another man. Oh, and my him goodness. Being like, You're kidding me, right? I was told I had VIP access. What? what? Kimberly Guilfoyle, of course, let's never forget how disgusting these political climbers are. She started with Gavin Newsom. That's right. The governor of California, a man so greasy. If he <laughs> fell down, he'd never stop sliding. <laughs> Then she went on to uh, the political talk show host, who I'm blanking on the name now. Eric Bowling? Some one of these it people. Was Fox News people. It was Fox News, the most incestuous of all mm. news networks. They love to have sex with each other. <laughs> and now, of course, she is dating Donald Trump Jr., or perhaps they're married. I have no idea. Either way, she looks like a fish out of water. <laughs> when it comes to the Proud Boys, we make fun of them, as we should. QAnon, make fun of them, as we we should Q and N. They do have political power and they do mm -hmm. have political mm -hmm. clout. Let's talk about Florida here for a second. So uh, Governor Ron DeSantis, first of all, he's been courting the Proud Boys for a long time. He sees it as a big moneymaker in Miami Dade. As a matter of fact, the Proud Boys have helped grip the Republican Party. Ooh. So what happened was Governor DeSantis, he had this April fundraiser for the Republican Party in Miami-Dade. A scuffle broke out of the valet park, uh, in the valet parking uh, station. Several men in suits and a woman in a cocktail dress tussled over who should and who should not be allowed into the dinner. It was oh. a $250 a plate dinner. Wow. And you know for a fact, all they were eating was dino chicken nuggets <laughs> and maybe Franzia. Someone alerted the police. The next day, a woman who was escorted out of the dinner renewed a request for a restraining order because she said that she was assaulted by the far right-wing extremist cult. She was referring to the Proud Boys going Ooh, on to wow. our conversation about this wing of the Republican Party going at one another. Believe it or not, when everyone is wearing Don't Tread on Me shirts, they all seem to tread on one another. <laughs> yeah. So is this the latest example? When it comes to a reckoning within the Republican Party of groups like the Proud Boys, is this another example of political cronyism using these individuals as their pawns? And then as soon as they've, you know, as soon as they're out of gas, they don't fill them up again. They just leave them on the side of the road like they're, you know, some multi-billionaire who doesn't give a shit. I would agree. I would say the snake from the Don't Tread on Me flag is starting to eat itself. Oh. And mm -hmm. it finds itself very delicious, Ben. I think this is just another example. You know, this reminds me of people who think they have uh, uh, nice tickets to a nice restaurant and then they get there and they find out they're they can't, they're not dressed right and they're not allowed in. The, the privilege of which uh, this 
proud boy spoke to these people. That's why he asked the same question four or five times. Like, I got You're the telling ticket. me proud boys can't? I'm with you. My ticket says VIP. It's like most of Trump's emails. I've seen the fundraising emails. Mm-hmm. All of them say VIP. I wish he could extrapolate. <laughs> general term. I wish he could extrapolate one tenth of his rage to someone who is on the border uh, right now in this country, being like, "They said I could come in because I'm leaving Honduras after we ruined after they ruined it." Uh. <laughs> My God, this is the biggest issue in this boy's life. And as you can tell, that reeks of dumb fuck privilege. However, again, the Proud Boys have secured seats on the Miami-Dade Republican Executive Committee. At least half a dozen current or former Proud Boys are there. And some of the people who sit on those seats, of course, were actively involved in the Capitol attack, such as Gilbert Fontecoba. And what a man you can always whenever I think of a strong man, I think of a Gilbert. Uh, <laughs> a strong name. Gilbert's a strong name. What's eating Gilbert grape? His own party. Oh. Gabriel Garcia, former army captain who says uh, he has left the group, has also been charged with interfering with law enforcement officers during, of course, January 6th. So. When it comes to Governor DeSantis, who we're going to talk about a policy that he is putting forth right now, when it comes to Governor DeSantis, how important do you think it is to keep groups like this at arm's length, but also, you know, within arm's length, you can also embrace in a hug every now and again. Right. It is the definition of an abusive relationship, right? Where they're like, I need you around when I need you around, but don't come around here when I'm hanging out with Jenny, okay? I I feel like this is, it isn't just the Republicans that do this. It's like an American thing. Corporations do this all the time. Like right now, it's this awesome month called Gay Pride Month. Right. I know. And they Corporations. Love, they, they love me right now. Yes, Fernando. Flags, girl. But <laughs> as soon as this month is over... It's like, get the fuck out of here. We were listening to get away from the kids. We were listening to this episode, as a matter of fact, this show on last episode. And we have Discovery Plus is in love with you. (laughs) I want you to know that Discovery Plus is they put on their dress and they are letting you know. So (laughs) I get it, girl. (laughs) I mean, at the same time, I try not to be so cynical where I'm like, maybe this is. I always remember there are people in rural Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And it right. is important still yes. like to have visuals, you know, visuals and representation. Mm-hmm. And if it if it slaps someone across the face, I guess that's okay. Unlike Will Smith, you Ask know, me <laughs> be first, first right. before sure. you slap me with it. So. Exactly. <laughs> but you're right. It is. It just like. Anyway, all right, and that's the, a whole other thing. Democrats yeah. do it all the time. You know, we get pandered, uh, you know, I'm sorry, Democrats pander to us all the time. Absolutely. So, so it's not just a Republican thing. And yeah, they use you, they get what they need out of you, and then they leave you, Put what is it, put you out wet or put you away wet or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. Oh, my. Uh, oh put mama. you in a locker soaking wet, I believe is, yeah. <laughs> well, and, you know, to stick with the Republicans, it reminds me of what Roger Stone had told me about the evangelicals. You can't win with just the evangelical vote. You can't mm. win without the evangelical vote. So to Ben's point about keeping things at an arm's length, I think the Proud Boy movement has grown so powerful and so influential, um, even post January 6th, Mm -hmm. that yeah, I think this is kind of it. Invite them, give them VIP tickets, Mm -hmm. but when they get here, don't let them in, especially (laughs) if they're wearing one of them shirts. But then at some point, don't they become so disillusioned that now, once Trump has turned their back on them, this could mm. this, now they're going to get hardened and they're not going to have any political place to go. Perhaps the aforementioned Libertarian Party might become a bastion of of bigotry for the Proud Boys, which, of course, libertarianism in its truth is completely counter to uh, any kind of bigotry or hatred. Live and let live. Leave me alone. And that requires a lot of love. However, I think the new leadership within the Libertarian Party might be um, laying the red carpet out. For these proud, proud dickheads. This is according to Jeremy Bertino. He's a former member of the North Carolina Proud Boys. And this is why we say on this show, and we're so proud of everyone who has taken the initiative to get involved and run on a local Mm -hmm. level. Because we know if you listen to this show and you run, maybe we don't agree with everything that you say, but we know your heart's going to be good and you have the best intentions in mind. This is what Jeremy had to say. He says, the plan of attack, if you want to make change, is to get involved at the local level. So they know this. We know this. And it's up to us to get people who listen to this show to stay active in local politics, run for school board, run for these positions that might be innocuous. And you say, what's the point? It's a pain in the ass. You don't get paid a lot of money. You'll probably have to have a day job as well. 
But when you got people like Jeremy Berturno, a man who, again, is a registered proud boy, a group of individuals that are just absolutely lost cowards, they know what to do. They run for local office. So Mm -hmm. we have to make sure that we run for local office as well to counteract whatever the hell these people are going to be doing. And we're seeing it come out to fruition when it comes to someone like Governor DeSantis. So the Tampa Bay Rays, they're a baseball team. Oh, they went to Twitter. Right. And now they didn't tweet about baseball. No, as a matter of fact, they (laughs) tweeted about guns. Right now, of course, again, as we just mentioned, the Tampa Bay uh, Rays, that's a private corporation. I mean, obviously, it's owned by a by an individual or a group of folks, and they're allowed to have political opinions, but not in Governor DeSantis's Florida. Mm. He vetoed thirty five million dollars in government spending. By the way, all of the money that Governor Ron DeSantis has spent these past few months has come from the federal mm-hmm. government. So that's our tax dollars being funneled from our federal government to Florida. Mm-hmm. So none of this is his money to really allocate anyway. But that's the power government has. Because the Tampa Bay Rays tweeted something that he did not like about gun control, he cut $35 million from government spending for a new practice facility. Now, of course, the Tampa Bay Rays make a lot of money for the state. They're a super successful team in their own right. Uh, Maybe they're not so good right now, but they definitely have had their runs in the past. Uh, The tweet read, This cannot become normal. We cannot become numb. We cannot look the other way. We all know if nothing changes, nothing changes. That tweet by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers cost them $35 million. How is this like, again, don't tread on me. I won't tread on you. There's nothing uh, libertarian about this. There's nothing uh, liberal about this. This is no more than a social power grab from DeSantis And he wants to send a chilling effect to all corporations, whether it be Disney, whether it be Major League Baseball, in this case, uh, the Tampa Bay Rays, that if you say something I don't like politically, no more money for you. Wow. I mean, yeah, this is more of the same from what we've seen from DeSantis over the last few years. He's very big government when it comes to people and their opinions that he does not like or his administration does not like. Because he's feckless and he's thin skinned, Mm -hmm. just like, of course, his mentor, Donald Trump, who now he will be turning against for his own political gain. One of these things, this is one of the things we must remember as DeSantis, again, tries to get his profile more national. He's doing a hell of a job of that by doing dumb shit like this. Not so stupid, of course, for the Tampa Bay Rays or their fan group. But this is what he wants to be the cornerstone of his presidential campaign. Mm. All culture war dog Uh, shit. And if a Democrat did this, every single true conservative Republican would say this is anti-free market. You can't do that. You cannot have the government interfere with business the way that this interferes with business. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And again, it doesn't matter if it's Disney, right? He went up against them. He was going up against schools. And and we all say this. Fuck Disney, too. Fuck them all. (laughs) But at the same time, is this the government's job? Right. Is this this is, again, big government run amok. The very thing Republicans claim that they're against Ron DeSantis is leaning into as hard as he can. I mean, we covered the, the schools as well. The, the banning of certain books and certain courses mm-hmm. within the classrooms and not, and going so far as to, again, like you did with the Rays, a, a private baseball team, take away their funding. Yes. And he, of course, he's also, when it comes to the culture war, transgender issues are on the forefront. Uh, uh, we did the smallest amount of research, as we'll do right here on this show. <laughs> 0.6% of individuals uh, identify as transgender uh, under the age of 13. Yeah. So and basically nobody. Basically nobody. But again, not, you know, not those, in a bad those, way. but those mm-hmm. people mean matter as well. But yeah. DeSantis now is making this a cornerstone where he's going to ban uh, from a government perspective. He wants a blanket ban on any sort of treatments, whatever that might be, even therapy, perhaps. Uh, and of course, when it comes to the concept of, um, you know, giving, you know, altering drugs to minors, I mean, you can have a medical conversation about that. But that needs to be done without the government. Right. With you and your doctor. With you and your doctor and your parents. Uh, And that is it. Get when I out of your room, out of your womb, 
out of your wallet. Leave these people alone. So DeSantis, again, talk about the irony of someone who wants to be perceived as small government and does nothing but extend his tentacles into every facet of our lives. So DeSantis this week signed a $1.9 billion budget. It's the largest budget Mm -hmm. almost in the state's history, I believe. Perhaps it is. So the argument, again, that he is a fiscally conservative Republican goes out the window. Right. And as we've talked about, one of the most powerful things these people have is the allocation of funds. And I've just read the entire quote here from the Tampa Bay Rays. It's about four paragraphs. And at no point do they say anything, anything whatsoever that every single American isn't thinking. Yeah, literally. Literally. They say the Rays organization stands committed to actionable change and has made a $50,000 commitment to every town for gun safety support fund. Every town is the largest gun violence prevention organization in America. Also, Parkland took place in Florida. Hmm. When it comes to Florida and mass shootings, they know what they're talking about. And when it comes to baseball, a lot of baseball players... Um, The wonderful thing about baseball is it truly does show how diverse America is in a lot of Mm -hmm. ways, a lot of Hispanic representation um, and a lot of people who come from communities that are shook by gun violence. And I think that's why the Tampa Bay Rays decided to make this statement. Yeah, I mean, uh, and they're allowed to fucking have this thought and they're more than allowed. I mean, you see a lot of I mean, like we talked about on our Muhammad Ali episode that we uh, did, of course, with the fantastic documentary director, Ken Burns. Mm -hmm. Can you believe he talked to us? Uh, That's pretty cool. I don't think he ever listened to the show before. So we got him. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) good. But, uh, you know, sports is a place to make statements about uh, the culture and the society that we live in. And I was moved by uh, Coach Kerr. Steve Kerr had almost a near breakdown the night after their game and the Warriors had lost, but it was the day the Uvalde shooting had happened. I don't want to be a cynical sports fan, but he needs to get that team back on track. Okay. Because they got crushed yesterday by the Celtics. Well, he was too busy trying to get America back on track. Well, at this point, Mr. Kerr, you're in the NBA Finals. (laughs) Right. Well, he's still very upset about the gun violence. And, of course, a lot of people were. So it's okay for people who are involved with sports and, again, are part of private corporations, private entities. Mm. It's okay for them to have these opinions and there shouldn't be a, re- a repercussions from government for them having these. Opinions. Absolutely. If you want to learn a little bit about sports as well, you can go back to an interview we had with the president of the Negro League Museum. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Sports and politics have gone hand in hand for a very long time. And that is why one of the reasons why I love sports so much. And that's what's happening in Ohio, right, Travis, with that. It's a trans athlete, right? We have legislation that I believe just went through um, the Ohio State House, at least. I don't know if it's made it to Governor DeWine's desk yet, but yes, in Ohio, they are specifically targeting uh, the transgender female athletes. We've covered it on this show. Again, these uh, athlete bans, spe- specifically for high school students, yeah. only pertain to a very small percentage of, of student athletes in any state and in any of the states where these laws are happening. But in Ohio, they added a very weird provision, a very strange addition where to root out any suspected transgender athletes, they will actually have a genital inspection for anyone who is accused of being trans. Again, this is not small government. This is the exact opposite. This should be, as we've highlighted on this show. You can just see Governor DeWine be like, I'll investigate Yeah, I mean, who's applying for these jobs right here? I mean, who wants to be a genital checker for high school athletes? I'll tell you who, a bunch of creepos. Yes, of course, that House Bill 61 was entitled Save Women's Sports Act. And as you, uh, as you know, it's sort of been a, a almost a redundant joke at this point. You know how much these people love women's sports. Uh, yeah, So sure. I'm just so happy they finally really have come to, you know, proclaim their love of a sport they've never once mentioned before. I think uh, everything you talk about with what Ron DeSantis is doing is correct, Ben. He's wanting to run for president. He's kind of doing a big picture swing. Sure. But he's picking things that aren't necessarily statistically significant. Right. You know, by attacking transgender people because they're such a minority group, you don't really, you you sway the voters to the way you want them without hurting too many of your own voters. Right. That's, I, a, that's, that's a, how a, I feel. That's right. absolutely the attack on uh, on minority groups to uh, benefit your political hole. I mean, it's a political hole. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a tale as old as time. Let me sure. check that political hole real quick. <laughs> sure, hello. <laughs> well, that's another Roger Stone axiom. You know, the reason 
they went for illegal immigration as part of Trump's campaign in 2015. They went so hard against illegal immigrants. Was It was a very small community. Right. Uh, it was technically an illegal act, but it was safer than going over something like gay marriage back in 2015, 2016, yep. when a lot of gay Republicans were actually getting behind Trump and backing him, like Peter Thiel, uh, of course, who's now a big backer of J.D. Vance. So oh. none of this stuff. And uh, Peter Thiel being a supporter of both of those dumb fucks uh, is a reminder that just because you're a billionaire doesn't mean you're intelligent. Right, or Musk. correct. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. All right. Speaking of the Republican Party, just a bit here. Louis Gohmert is one of our uh, he's one of our favorite morons. Uh, He uh, railed against Trump White House advisor Pete Navarro uh, being indicted. Uh, He said, quote, if you're a Republican, this is a dead quote from a a member of the House. He says, if you're a Republican, you can't even lie to Congress (laughs) or lie to the FBI or they're going to be coming for you. Uh, Yeah, that's a fact. Is that true for everybody? I thought I guess specifically the rules were different for Republicans. Apparently, I did not know that. Thank you, Louis. So he goes on. It's actually puts it actually puts a puts an exclamation point on the fact that we have a two tier justice system. Again, the irony that Louis Gohmert (laughs) is pretending to be a victim of a corrupt judicial system is just if he didn't have power, you would be in a bar and you would say, "Okay, Louis, let's get another (laughs) shot, buddy. And then you would say to yourself, thank God that guy doesn't have any power. <laughs> like, ah, he's a good tipper, but I'm sure he's not even a good tipper. Right. He goes on to say, if you're a Republican, you can't even lie to Congress or lie to an FBI agent or they're going to come for you. They're going to bury you. They're going to put you in the D.C. jail and terrorize and torture you and not live up to the Constitution, which is that ironic that he just described. Well, un- unfortunately, mostly bipartisan, <laughs> what happens when you are a person in the <laughs> United States who has been arrested, which brings us to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court, man, just it couldn't get any worse. So right now, we know for a fact there were people rotting away in our jails who were either over-sentenced mm-hmm. or completely innocent. Again, the caveat is some people have to be there. Some people are very dangerous. Sure, we all know that. But that is not that does not make it acceptable then to have people that don't deserve to be there. And the one thing that they are at the very least deserving of is a fair trial. Yeah. The U.S. Supreme Court ruled this week that state prisoners have no constitutional right to present new evidence in federal court to support their claims of innocence. In 2012, the court ruled that when a state substantially interferes with the defendant's constitutional right to be represented by counsel, the defendant may appeal to a federal court. Now, back then, the majority was seven to two with Clarence Thomas in dissent. On Monday, however, Thomas wrote a majority decision that basically completely destroys the decision from 20. 12, ruling on behalf of the court's new six conservative supermajority justices. Uh, He says the federal courts may not hear new evidence obtained after a conviction to show uh, a trial was deficient when it comes to the person's uh, defense attorney. What is the point of this other than keeping people in prison so that we can continue to feed the military and prison industrial complex, in this case, the prison industrial complex? What is the point of this other than just to inflict suffering and pain mm-hmm. on other people? I don't I, this is this is insane. Yeah, I mean, it spits in the face of the Sixth Amendment. I mean, you could see there Justice Sonia Sotomayor uh who wrote the dissent, basically called this decision perverse and illogical. The Sixth Amendment guarantees criminal defendants the right to effect effective assistance of counsel at a trial. But today, however, the court hamstrings the federal court's authority to safeguard that right. 
It's just absolutely cruel. And I don't know what other answer there is or what other rationale there is Mm -hmm. other than just straight up monetized human suffering. So basically cops are not accountable and now courts are not accountable for not doing their job? Is that, is that, I mean, just to summarize. I mean, it's, there's always a process, obviously, for people to, you know, re, not retry, but to, to make a case for a, you have to have new evidence. You then. have to have Come, new evidence, yeah. right? And that's what we see happening in a lot of these criminal justice reform cases where people will come up with new evidence and show. And where, where is the Libertarian Party? Where are the freedom loving Republicans? Mm. You know, I mean, hell, when it comes to this again, we have to remember ourselves, we have to remind ourselves Joe Biden is one of the architects of the policies that have put people in prison for far too long. Yeah. So you're just damned if you do, damned if you don't. Christina Swarns, this is what she had to say. She says, the opinion leaves innocent people in the nightmarish position of having no court to go to for justice. Wow. She uh, is an executive director of the Innocence Project, which has taken over my heart, uh, replacing the ACLU, who has become politicized, which is really breaking my heart, Mm. to be honest. The ACLU has been doing some really sketchy stuff lately, and that's why, thank God, for groups of lawyers like the Innocence Project, um, they're just just doing doing the Lord's work. She pointed out uh, to one of the cases uh, involving a defendant named Barry Jones. He was sentenced to death for a brutal sexual assault and killing of a four-year-old girl. Now, obviously, if you hear that, you're like, that is very, that's about as bad mm-hmm. as it can get, right? right. Um, however, it turns out that the case, uh, his lawyers did not present any defense for him whatsoever. Wow. Uh, they did not examine any of the medical evidence, and they did not consult any experts to defend him. The federal judge hearing the case found that both the defense lawyer at trial and the appellate lawyer in the state court had provided ineffective assistance of counsel. And a unanimous panel of the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals agreed, meaning that the decision, that if the decision had held, the state would have had to retry Jones or release him. Um, So So it just, that's gone now. Yeah. There is no more. There's no more hope for you. Also, if you're in prison, one of the things that might keep you from stabbing everybody is the idea you might get out. (laughs) Right. So if you're a prisoner now, well, welcome to it. If everyone has a life sentence, that means there's going to be a lot more death inside of those walls. From every perspective, this is absolutely horrible. Mm -hmm. If you're a corrupt public defender, this is this makes your job even easier because now you don't even have to do all the sandbagging. Yeah, because literally you don't you just don't show up or show up, barely show up. Don't defend the guy. They go to jail. They can't do anything about it. Right. Case closed. And obviously the the idea of having public defenders was, again, Sixth Amendment, the first 10 amendments the Bill of Rights is that no one would ever have to go to trial and not be able to defend themselves in some kind of way and the and the other uh, the cliche argument the the case is always what adams defended the brits right <laughs> sure yes uh, john adams had to he felt compelled to defend the the british soldiers who were uh, i believe you know, at least being charged with the killings at the Boston Massacre. And John Adams felt that even these men who were very unpopular in America at that time. And John Adams, of course, got a little beat up over that too, but he absolutely believed in the right for people to defend themselves in court. And if you don't have that, you don't really have a fair and just judicial system. It's just another reminder too. We always think the year 2022, it's going to be flying cars and perfect freedom. Yeah. (laughs) And it's just a reminder that the future doesn't mean progress. Oftentimes it can mean regress. Uh, Okay. So basically then what, what was, what happened here is they, they cut off their nose to spite the face or how that saying goes, because the goal of this was to stop people from sandbagging the courts to stop legist, you know, uh, Hey, I have new evidence to retry. You're never going to get me just retry me, retry me. So I understand that the court system is broken in that way sure. but the way to fix it is not to remove justice right because you're no. literally just you, there is no justice that's a very good point yeah i mean if anything you know it seems like i don't want to mention astral world as the event but what happened there was there was too many people trying to get into a small exit mm-hmm. and a small entrance maybe we just need more you Maybe need we need to expand then uh, the possibility yep. of the court to hear more cases. Yeah. Uh, not, I'm not saying expand the court, you know, the Supreme Court, but we might just need to 
be their able ca- to hire more people that facilitate more lawsuits. Their caseload case should load. be increased. Yes. And, and they can do that by increasing more people or hiring more people, getting more staffers. I mean, we are, like you said, 2022. There's a lot of electronic ways to do these things. Sure. The I agree with both of you guys. The answer in terms of keeping the course from getting clogged up with same mm-hmm. cases over and over would be to just improve the system. And I would even say improve the, the public defender supply. I mm-hmm. mean, again, I mean, they K- don't get paid anything. Kentanji Jackson Brown is one of the first um, or certainly one of the only in U- U.S. Supreme Court history who has been a public defender. And now she sits on the Supreme Court. Yeah. And you, we know a couple of public defenders. and It's a thankless job. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I, I mean, I know people on both sides of the laws and some people don't have the greatest opinion public defenders and not because they they're not doing they're not able to do their job is they literally cannot there's too much right. going on there's too many cases there's yeah. they get also, the cases that no one else wants to do literally they're the last call from some of these defendants and at the end of the day they still work for the state <sighs> so the prosecutor and the public defender and maybe maybe even the judge exactly they're going out for drinks at the end of the day exactly sure you're going on shackles to and, uh be thrown into a hell and that that case has been made about public defenders as well as they show up and they usually convince people to take a plea deal or, or right. something mm-hmm. along those lines mm-hmm. when they see the evidence against them a lot of them aren't going to bat for people but you, like we said we know guys i mean drew morgan of uh, the liberal rednecks he used to be a public defender there in tennessee i mean it it's a thankless job it really is but it's a necessary job. Well, Supreme Court, speaking of um, necessary, what's necessary is to be aware of what the Supreme Court is doing. They've also allowed states to use unlawfully gerrymandered oh congressional God. maps <laughs> in the 2022 midterm elections. You have to wonder if they allowed this because they think it'll help the conservative side of the aisle, obviously, as this conservative <laughs> court seems to get more politicized. And maybe I'm just ignorant. But I just feel like I don't recall the Supreme Court being quite this political. I mean, even like Chief Justice Roberts kind of got some flack from the Republican side. I believe that was a, was that a gay marriage legislation. There were some things that he did that, you know, right. some people on the left were like, OK, thank you. Uh, but it, it doesn't seem like we're going to be in that world at all anymore. Right. John Roberts was one of the deciding votes, um, certainly in the majority on the gay marriage case, which legalized gay marriage nationwide. Uh, he was also uh, ruled in favor of Obamacare. That was a big That's one. The conservatives right. got very mad at him for um, this one's interesting because it's an ideology that federal courts shouldn't mess with a state process, um, but it's being used it's being used by the Republicans advantage mostly at this point. For example, right. the Democrat maps, because they were drawn by Democrat Democrat leaders in New York, where the Democrats control everything, those maps were found to be unconstitutional and gerrymandered mm-hmm. um, by the federal court. Um, but the federal court stayed out of Alabama's uh, maps, where right. where they the state of Alabama, controlled by Republicans, um, they actually, even though those maps were found to be unconstitutional by a lower court, the federal rule, court said they will not be telling Alabama how to redraw them. Then you look at Ohio, which yeah. just recently, and of course, listen to our show with Katie Shanahan, breaking down all the ugh, geriatrics of gerrymandering. Woo! By geriatrics. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, in, in the case of Ohio, our state Supreme Court, which is run by Republicans, ruled against the Republicans in the legislature who had drawn the maps, but then a federal court ruled against the state court in that case and actually are taking the Republican maps and forcing them upon Ohioans this year. So the long and short of this entire article is that there's a bunch of states, whoever's in charge in 2022, this is supposed to be our first year with new congressional maps. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter who's in charge. Every single state that has gerrymandered maps right now are going to be using those gerrymandered maps because the federal courts feel like they can't step in. And of course, that has a chilling effect on why vote? Exactly. But of course, as Fernando says, uh, and I completely agree with him as the son of a first generation or as the son of an immigrant, I'm first generation. We were always stressed to vote and vote and vote and you have to vote. It's just it is it's infuriating. So mm-hmm. the case that the Supreme Court was weighing in on is Merrill versus Milligan, which sounds like a fantastic bar fight. <laughs> Merrill, you don't want to fuck with Merrill when she gets a couple of whiskeys in oh, her. She'll beat boy. the shit out of Mulligan. Milligan, get out of there. Milligan, get the hell out of here. Merrill's drinking again. So the Supreme Court in February 22 uh, stated the decision of a lower court that ruled Alabama had improperly redistricted its, uh, its congressional seats. Uh, 
Uh, they said, eh, it doesn't matter. Uh, so they're going against their own. Well, they're going against the state court of Alabama, mm-hmm. which, again, you wonder, is that not an infringement when it comes to states' rights as the Supreme Court, of course, being a federal entity? So what's happened here is the lower court found Alabama's maps resulted in black and Democratic voters wielding less mm-hmm. political power in Alabama's congressional delegation. They should have definitely had that. The Supreme Court left Alabama's congressional redistricting. Uh, They said it deemed it was a violation of the Voting Rights Act. That's what the lower court decided. But as we've just said, the Supreme Court had uh, a different opinion, which is going to greatly, greatly benefit the people that put them in those greasy, greasy black chairs. Is this what puppet master Roger Stone wanted, like, what, six years ago or whatever? Is this literally what he had in mind? Yeah, I mean, and Mitch McConnell. I mean, they were all kind of in on it, is that there were a whole bunch of open judge seats when Trump got elected, and they filled uh, a majority of them. And two of the... uh, the federal judges who actually made the decision in the Ohio redistricting case. And again, it's three judges, two to one. One was a Clinton appointee and two were Trump appointees. Mm. And, and again, it's just like, well, that goes against federalism. It goes against conservatism. Right. It goes against everything they seem to argue for. Um, but here we are where two Trump appointed federal judges basically told the state of Ohio that they could use the gerrymandered maps that they had and they didn't need to listen to our Ohio Supreme Court. Right. Right. All right. So that's just a little bit more information on where the Supreme Court is at, where they're going to continue to go. And what is that going to mean for our country? Because by Supreme Court standards, Mm. the past few appointees, they're spring chickens. They're going to be there for a long time. Yes. You know, if you're a pilot, I just said this on a few episodes ago, but I like to I'm going to say it again because I just learned it a couple of weeks ago. Okay. You got to retire at 65. Mm. You must, by law, retire at 65. They don't let pilots be old? Nope, not after 65, because your risk of dying of a heart attack, you can't really have that. And, oh. you know, cognitive decline, things like, they take that into account. Right. 65. Come on. Coding Supreme is hard. Court. Coding, you, know? you know, coding is hard. And sure. you talked about, air, uh, that's all pilots do. They sit there and they live code. So, you know. Hmm. Oh, that makes it so much harder than I thought it was. <laughs> yeah. I don't like to know that. <laughs> I always just think they hit a button that says go. And they have yeah. stop. And I'm like, thank you for the wine. I assume it's like the movie Airplane, where they just have the inflatable auto, autopilot. <laughs> auto. He takes care of everything. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. All right. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Just lastly, uh, we'll talk about this. I want to talk about this next week. There was a poll that came out that said more than half of the Republicans think the U.S. is headed towards a civil war. Ugh. It said 43% or 53% rather of the Republicans say that we're headed to a civil war and 44% say the nation is headed towards a civil war. We Come on now. I, we cannot. We, we just... Fernando, when you were talking about what what's going to happen to the Proud Boys when they're completely abandoned or what happens to QAnon, QAnon? When, they're, when they're completely abandoned, that's what I what I think they're feeling. You know what I mean? Because they now they don't even have Trump. to Exactly. Go to. They feel that pressure of our leader is betrayed us. You know, the, the party we voted so hard for and worked so hard for and made ourselves look like crazy for <laughs> has betrayed us. You know, that's where do you take that anger? Exactly. So with that rage, yeah, with that rage and that anger and that amount of firearms Mm. truly held by a militia that is the Proud Boys. And, you know, what was the other one? Oath Keepers and all the other psycho, shallow, weak men. Um, 
yeah, maybe that is. What else is next? And are we or are we just going to see not a binary civil war? I hate even saying that term, but as we saw in Uvalda, as we saw in well, specifically Uvalda was uh more on, on par with Sandy Hook. Um, but as we saw in Buffalo, mm-hmm. which was an right. it was a political act, right? Yes. That's a political right. act of and as we saw in the church um with Dylan Roof, mm-hmm. it was a political yeah. act, right? Yeah. So is that uh is are those acts of civil war? Terrorism or January 6th, obviously. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, obviously on the last show, we talked about Republicans wanting to declare porn a public emergency, public health (laughs) emergency. There are Democrats who I and I think rightfully make the case. Gun violence is a public health emergency. Racism is a public health Mm -hmm. emergency. I mean, I'd say eh, those two things are probably killing more people than porn. But what do I know? What do you know? And I've seen a lot of very, uh, very uh, porn brings people together. Yeah. Literally. Yes. I've, oh, sure. <laughs> Hello. Sure, it's a true coming Absol- together. It really is. I've seen so many people having a great time. And the one thing we know, everybody comes. Oh, or not everybody, but hopefully, hopefully you can. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm working on it. My ED is, you know. <laughs> it's something. Your and eating disorder? <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other thing. That's a whole other thing. Well, speaking of eating disorders, Fetterman, my man, John Fetterman, uh, he does have, he had an undisclosed heart condition. And I'm not sure exactly what this is going to mean. Is Of course, he's going against Dr. Oz, which is kind of ironic. <laughs> if yeah. he does go against Dr. Oz, maybe Dr. Oz could save him during a debate. Oh, um, if he was a real doctor. If, sure. That's true. If he was yeah. a real doctor, he'd just be like, did you eat breakfast? Yeah. See, that's what the problem is. Uh, uh, so Fetterman, he does have a pacemaker implanted and a, with a defibrillator. Uh, that Very is close. all. <laughs> Thank you. Defibr- defibrillator. Uh, it sounds like uh, sounds like something the lady might get if she wants to have an orgasm 24-7. Um, so I don't know what this means to him for him uh, politically. I, I think he can withstand it. Um, the other big thing, of course, that Fetterman wants to push for is the legalization of weed, which is the single easiest fucking thing <laughs> yeah. a politician can do. Yeah. And I don't understand why Biden doesn't, there's so many things he could just do. Right. And he just doesn't. Also, when it comes to gun violence, as um, as uh, Fernando just mentioned, there is a bill that aims to allow lawsuits against gun manufacturers uh, for marketing to kids. Uh, if you guys don't know, there was a, um, there's guns that are like, they, they're cute. They basically have mm-hmm. stickers of freaking Pokemon on yep. them. And uh, this is according to Eric Schmidt, owner of We One Tactical. <laughs> he says, when we set to produce a small firearm for children in an AR looking package, we were pretty sure we needed to have a wow factor in the safety area. Wow. How about you don't fucking market it to children? Uh, the Utah based We One Tactical produced what was a smaller model of the AR-15 called the JR-15. Schmidt was in Las Vegas in January to promote the smaller weapons, which the company pledges, this is true, which the company pledges will look and feel just like mom and dad's gun. You have got to be. At some point, it's not about you making money, okay? Yeah, they they hand them out with the laptops, you know, at the beginning of the year for the kids. They give them a laptop. They give them a JR-15. What? Just and just prepare the kids for the the year of school, I guess. Sure. I mean, I, I saw those terrifying pictures of the the man making the coffins for the kids who were uh, killed in Uvalde, and they all have Superman themes and you know what the kids were into. Uh, the owners of Wee Ones, they should be forced to make these. Fake guns for kids right next to the coffin guy. And they should just make everything in the same room so they all know. The bill that was introduced, uh, I don't know much about this guy, but uh, it was uh, introduced by Democrat Phil Ting. It's AB 1594. It would allow lawsuits against gun manufacturers based on their marketing this is this is not about the Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. If we care about children, mm-hmm. this is something where we care about children. And, you know, these manufacturers just want the money and they don't care right. uh, how they get it. This was a this was an interview that this guy Schmidt was doing again from we want t- tactical. He says uh, it, this is according to the interviewer host Barrett Kendrick. It takes a lot of tension to be able to pull that out. Of course, referring to the AR, he <laughs> says, and this is a Schmidt quote. He says, "Your twelve-year-olds are going to unlock it really quickly." Isn't that great? Guns for twelve-year-olds, but no books. <laughs> Stay away from those books, kid. Unbelievable, unbelievable. So, anywho, that's the news of the week as we see it. You know, 
I've been thinking about it this whole episode. I don't hate the Proud Boys logo. If it weren't for all the stupid associations, <laughs> it's just it's, this peanut butter. It's a well, no, it's a golden, it's a golden cock. Oh, oh, oh that's kind of fun. Oh. Yeah. Mm, not in Trump's rally, though. <laughs> I'm the only cock in here, boys. Sorry. Also, just lastly, lastly, if anybody thinks we're going to be on the uh, road to, uh, I think the three principles that we brought up last time: raise the age limit, give them training, and maybe meet with a therapist. Uh, don't worry, none of that's being taken into account because, according to Education Secretary Miguel Cardona, there is no real movement to have any kind of rational gun uh. safety conversation in this country. Obviously, despite the fact that the vast majority of Americans think at least a registry and maybe making sure crazy people don't get guns that might be in our best interest. But it doesn't seem uh, to be happening mm. on any level in this country, even the conversation. The conversation just needs, at the very least, to say, guns are very dangerous. You have to respect a gun. It's not a toy. It shouldn't be self it's sold to 12-year-olds. Also, talk about how many kids have been shot by police officers with fake guns. Oh, that's that's right. You know? Rice, so you're Cleveland. Just, yes. So you're just going to put—also, you're putting children's lives in danger. If they're running around with a mini AR— a cop's just going to shoot him Remember, in the fucking head. It has to do with skin color. White kids Absolutely. are allowed to have guns. Kids of color are not. It really is the truth. Well, that's very true, but I don't think there's anything stopping, uh, you know, a, a black kid or a Hispanic kid from buying one of these guns. The, uh, the wee ones. Uh, yeah. Because we need one tactical. Yep. Just wants to sell them to anybody. Hmm. Yeah, we had in Ohio, Beaver Creek, Ohio, we had that situation where a kid was carrying around a fake gun in a Walmart and got shot by one of the cops. There you go. I mean, it absolutely happens. I oh. just I pray every night that Jesus will tether abortion rights and gun rights together. So oh. anything that happens to abortion has to happen to guns. You heard it here first, Fernando. Guns yeah. for fetuses. Yeah. <laughs> the Fernando <laughs> method. And I'll just highlight. I'm going to shoot my way out of this pussy. <laughs> oh, there he goes. <laughs> Uh, I'll just highlight, if anyone does want to read about my coverage from the Libertarian Party yes, National yes. Convention in Reno last weekend, uh, the link is up on Instagram and uh, Twitter, Travis Irvine USA. You can check it out there. But needless to say, this theme of uh, these groups eating their own uh, certainly as seems it's hitting the uh, Libertarian Party as well. So you can find that link uh, there. And I want to thank everyone for donating to the Anti-DeWine Pack mm -hmm. there in Ohio, Homebound Entrepreneurs Against Spill the Wine. It is swag season, so we need more <laughs> donations so we can get sweet, sweet swag for parade and festival season. So uh, anyone who uh, donates to Headpack at headpack.org, that is H-E-A-D-P-A-C.org, uh, please uh, make that donation. And this time we will have bumper stickers to send out to everyone who donates very, Yay. very soon. So Look at that. And they say you don't know how to grift. They say spill the wine on them, actually. So it's exactly <laughs> what you were singing. And it's really fun. If you want a bumper sticker on the back of your car that says spill the wine, even if you're driving around Texas, we've had people nice enough to donate from other states. Absolutely. I think people will still get the message. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Hail yourselves. We will talk to you soon. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio... And producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.